Welcome to the Qualitalks Podcast, a show about pharma and GMP. The pharmaceutical industry is a fascinating and complex field, and it takes countless people to bring a product to the market. In this podcast, we bring you some of the industry's brightest minds who will share their wisdom with you. You will learn about various subjects such as GMP, new trends in pharma, and leadership. This episode is sponsored by Dot Compliance, the industry's first ready-to-use quality management solution powered by the Salesforce platform. Deploying a new EQMS has never been quicker or more cost-effective. And now, please welcome your host, Jan Kugel. Welcome to the Qualitalks podcast. I'm in Google, your host, and my guest today is Jerry Chapman. Jerry is a senior GMP quality expert at Radical Systems. Jerry is a veteran in pharma because he has been in the industry since 1978. He is also the author of many fascinating articles on the topic. Jerry has seen a lot, and today we're going to talk to him about things that never change in pharma especially education and why it must change, how and who is already making the first steps for it. Before we get to the talk, I want to remind you that Qualistory is now also a social Q&A engine. So if you have a question about GMP or you want to help others, please go to www.qualistory.com and see for yourself how powerful this platform is is and now let's get to our talk with jerry jerry welcome to the qualitox podcast thank you for uh, coming and uh, speaking to me you are a true gmp expert you're an author of uh, dozens of articles and it's uh, really interesting talking to you because you're really knowledgeable in the area and uh, you do a lot of research and write uh, amazing stuff so uh, uh, how long are you in the industry uh, right now? Well, thank you, uh, Jan, for having me. Um, I uh, have been in the industry since 1978, uh, which is an interesting year because that's the same year the FDA promulgated the GMPs. Um, so they've been around a long time. So have I. I'm guessing a good majority of your audience probably wasn't even born yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So that, that's a really amazing uh, point to jump in into into the industry in the arena. So, uh, what do you love most about it? As I said, I've been in the farm industry for a long time, and um, what I have loved about the industry really hasn't changed, uh, and, and that is that we uh, help make people's lives better. We make medicines and therapies that help uh, people help cure disease or help ease symptoms. And uh, uh, so we, uh, we make people's lives better. And, and I think that's a very noble goal and one that I've been happy to be part of for a, a long time. Where are we now in comparison to where, when you have started? Uh, as I reflect back, uh, it's actually very amazing to me how little has changed. Um, the science has changed. Uh, obviously, science uh, continues to advance. Uh, 
technology is in, incredible, you know, how what changes have occurred in the last many years. Uh, but the, the general uh, feel of the industry and, and, and attitude, it just, there, there are things that haven't changed at, at all or have changed very little. Um, and that's a little concerning to me. Um, and uh, so uh, one thing that hasn't changed is that we tend to react to uh, problems. We're very rarely proactive. We're always reactive. And if you look at FDA, for example, in the history of FDA, every time a major regulation has come along, it has been in response to a tragedy. It's been in response to a death or a bunch of deaths. It's been, in, you know, and, and that has happened over time. That happened, you know, with the passage of the act in the 30s. It happened with thalidomide in the 60s. We, we tend to react uh, when someone gets hurt or, or something bad happens. Then we react and then things change. But, but other than that, a lot of things just don't change. One thing that has just begun to change recently is the idea of quality as a value center. It's always been viewed as a cost center. Quality is the bad guys. They're the guys that are standing in the way of us releasing product to market. So for example, when I started in quality, the, uh, there was no training of any type. There was, uh, it was really, it was learned by osmosis, basically. A person was tapped for a quality job because they understood manufacturing and because they had a, a good science background. And a lot of times when people are asked to go into quality, they refused and said, no, that's a dead end. There's, there's no future in quality. I'm going to go in manufacturing. That's where the money is, right? There's been no, no real training in quality or no recognition of its importance until fairly recently. And, um, there's a, a really interesting effort recently that I have written about from a group out of uh, Cincinnati here in the U.S. called Pathway for Patient Health. Marla Phillips from Xavier University there pulled together a group of individuals called the uh, Chief Quality Officers. The highest level is from pharma, uh, medical device, animal health, consumer products. And those folks got together and were looking at what did they need to do to help their industry sustain, you know, o over time, what were some of the real issues? And one of them that they identified was a lack of training in quality. And uh, they put together a, a five course quality minor that is at the college level that accompanies a science major. And uh, it was available first at Xavier University in Cincinnati, and then it's it's now in use at many, many universities. So someone can choose to go into quality rather than just somehow end up there. Actually at my company, Redica Systems, we have uh, a couple of interns from that program. And uh, I've been very impressed with how much they uh, learned in that program and will help them you know, hit the ground running and, and become the next quality management and quality leaders in, in the companies. So uh, great effort, I think. Yeah, I agree. So when you mean that there is not enough training, so it means that when you started, there were no regulations 
and requirements for training? Or you mean that the training that we have right uh, right now at this moment is still not enough? As far as quality goes and, and what is quality, you can train someone on the regulations, but there are so many instances where quality needs to partner with the business and make decisions on is this product of the appropriate quality to release to the market or is it not how do you decide that you know what what kinds of of parameters do you use to make those decisions and how companies have decided you know to to make those decisions has not been consistent across across the industry a lot of homegrown efforts although there have been some some good efforts and just recently I uh, was uh, talking with a colleague of mine regarding uh, at AstraZeneca regarding a program they've put in place called the Modern Quality Professional. And the, that's a recognition. So it's, it's complementary to having university training uh, to bring someone into the organization that has a good solid background and foundation. They put together some coursework and it's not just coursework. It's, it's interesting in that it's not just classroom learning, but it's also there's also mentoring uh, aspects. There are shadowing aspects. There are experiential uh, aspects to how the whole system goes together. And they uh, base the training for the individual on what their role is going to be. So, for example, does a person need to be informed or are they going to be reviewing documents or are they going to be approving documents? So that's a, a big difference. So, for example, something like change control, to be able to approve a change control document, someone has to have a lot of understanding of the manufacturing process, right? And they need to know what should I look at? What, you know, how do I look at the, uh, the results of this change and whether something has changed uh, in my product, whether it may need, we may need to change our our product registration, you know, does it, is it still within the right specs and so on and so forth. You mentioned right now, most of the people who come to pharma, to the quality, they come from some life sciences background. They get in and then they learn from their local managers, mentors, and so on. They learn from the environment, from the culture from one company, but nobody says this is the best way, right? Because there is no all-around program, or uh, there wasn't until now, where people sit together and from different companies, from different experiences, and, and said, okay, this is the best way. Let's teach that to everybody. So when they come, they know the best way. What topics, for example, from uh, this program, or in your opinion, should be taught uh, to people who want to go to quality and um, which uh, can be learned in the university so that could really help them so the pathway for patient health effort that i was talking about put together the quality minor it, it consists of five courses uh and uh so those courses one of them is uh global regulatory and legal requirements of quality so it's a really deep dive into uh, national and international regulations, and and uh, they've set this up as a as the first course, and basically have told students 
this is going to tell you whether you have an interest in, in this as a, as a minor or not, right? You're going to go through and get into a lot of the detail on the regulations uh, and guidance documents from around the world. And how, are, how do they relate to each other? Why are they important? How are they, how are they used you know, in, a, in a manufacturing environment? Um, and so that's sort of the, the overview course. Um, they have one on product development, product specifications, and process validation. Okay. So learning about developing product and what goes into product development and what do you have to keep in mind in product development for scale up later to move into manufacturing, right? Um, how do we set specifications and what, what is uh, uh, process validation and, uh, and why is process validation important? They also have a course on risk and failure analysis. There's a chunk of that course that uh, actually I teach that deals with manufacturing deviations and how to investigate and document uh, manufacturing deviations and find root cause. Then the, the other two courses that round out the, the quality minor are uh, a microbiology laboratory, a, mic a microbiology course with a laboratory so that the uh, individuals, anybody going into farming needs to understand microbiology to some extent. If they're making uh, sterile products, very much so or biologics, but even you know, even with uh, you know oral solid doses, there's uh, there is bio burden to consider, right? So, um, so that's that's another course, and then the fifth course is one on on business acumen, and that's just an overview of business and what makes businesses run, and and how what are the cost centers, and and how do you, you know, wh how do you make profit, and and you know, and, and how. How does quality fit into all of that? Because quality is part of the business, right? I mean, if we didn't have a business, we wouldn't need quality. So, as someone who mostly works in the big companies, and when you come to quality, you concentrate on your small part of the job. And uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. that at the beginning, you learn about how the regulations from different countries come together. You learn how it all uh, comes together from the business side and from the manufacturing. And uh, usually when you go to pharma, you don't really, uh, especially in big pharma, you don't learn all the parts of it. And uh, this a lot of those things I just uh, studied for myself because I was interested, so I went and researched. But this is not something that... Uh, you get so i think uh, this is something that even people who are uh, in uh, their mid-career or they begin the career could even benefit from uh, something like this because it sounds uh, really interesting too uh, because also the business studies because uh, sometimes the quality they don't always understand the the business behind it and the and how to take the considerations and the impact on the longevity of the company because you need to make the balance between the quality and uh, the income, right? And uh, uh, the safety and uh, the quality and the consequences. We know that there are courses for everything like in the university when you go and study the table. Why is it coming so late to the pharma to the quality? Because quality is... Uh, in considerably new, right? So we have it uh, from the 60s, 70s. Most of the lawyers, economics, we have it uh, probably for much longer. 
So is it the reason, uh, so it took us that long to understand, okay, we need quality as, as a subject? I, I think that's correct. Yeah, I think it's just taken the realization that this is important. And I think it's, it's like so many things in our industry that, that we were talking about not long ago with, uh, where we react. We have problems and we react. And so industry has, uh, has found out through a lot of uh, issues that quality can impact their bottom line. And FDA comes in and they do an investigation. If you get a major 483, that's a lot of work and a lot of money. If it becomes a warning letter, it's even more. And so I think that over time, that realization that we could be a little more proactive in those areas and, and could do that by training the, the people coming in or having them train is, uh, is probably part of it. I would also mention, just to comment, I, I think you made an interesting uh, point that this a lot of this kind of, of information and training would be of interest to not just college students, but people already in the industry or early or mid-career. And um, the uh, so this Pathway for, for Patient Health organization that sponsors this minor, you can contact them and um, you can get these uh, courses can be made available to companies. So what they have, a, without going into a lot of detail, they have a sponsorship program um, and this and being a, becoming a sponsor allows you access to their students for uh, internships or or for interviewing and hiring and it also allows you access to the uh, coursework that you can use internally in your company it's uh, amazing that uh, we are developing to into this direction because we know that uh, there are people who are in management that are going to do a master's degree in business so it's normal that people in the mid middle of their career, go and do another uh, degree to advance further, to broaden their perspective. So I think uh, everybody in quality can benefit from another perspective. And you also mentioned something about the training for leadership in, uh, in pharma. And we know that, uh, may, as we said, most of the people who come to pharma uh, to quality are coming from life sciences. And uh, not many of them have uh, business degrees or uh, some experience with leadership. So um, how those uh, programs help develop uh, uh, leaders in pharma? So first of all, where do we you think we stand in terms of uh, leaders in pharma? Do you, th do you think we are in a good position? Are most of the managers are good leaders? And uh, where can we get from there? I guess I would have a couple of comments in that regard. One is uh, I have seen through my career, a method that is used in a lot of companies of training uh, leadership that I, in my experience, has not been positive. It's been, it's been detrimental. And that is the idea of rotating people through different job responsibilities for maybe two years. You go into a job, you're there for two years, you go, you rotate through quality, say, okay, well, this person's going to be in senior management. They need to have some understanding of quality. So you go into this quality job and you're there for two years to understand what's going on with quality. And just about the time you begin to develop a good understanding, you're moved out to another job. And uh, so the people in those roles end up being in an almost constant training mode. And the people who rotate through those jobs and then rotate out 
aren't really adding a lot of value or staying long enough to learn enough to uh, to add to the company. But there are some there are some companies, and I mentioned uh, AstraZeneca is doing some I think some really good work, and so they have technical training, they have um, business training, they have uh, shadowing, they base their training on what a person's role is going to be. If you're going to be in uh, in a role of of releasing batches to the public or or uh, you know making that decision on whether this particular deviation has been resolved to the point where it's okay for us to release this and we're not going to you know we're going to be releasing good product but there's it's not suspect product um, that, that 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 requires a lot of experience, a lot of training versus someone who is in an advisor role or a reviewer role uh, would not need to know quite as much. So, so I mean, I think, and, and it's not just AstraZeneca, I know I've talked with folks at some other companies, there, there's been more of a realization over the past 10 or 20 years that we need, um, that we need to have good, uh, strong leaders in our quality organizations and companies are, are putting those, uh, those programs together hopefully without the element of the job rotation that, again, as I've seen, has not been a good thing. You mentioned that uh, you think that generalization is not the key here. It means that uh, if people rotate, they are generalists. They know a bit of this, a bit of that, but uh, they are not masters of anything, right? So you think this is a, right. a bad direction? Yes, over time, there has been so many kinds of observations from regulatory agencies that don't change year after year after year. Uh, many of them are the same observations. And part of that, I think, is because we don't have people staying around long enough to have the history and understand. They're rotating through and 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 so you have a group that figures out this is important. This is how we do this. And then they move on and five years later, FDA comes in and they find the same thing again, right? And so, uh, so I, the, the idea of having uh, people who are trained fairly deeply in an area and are rewarded for that as a, you know, in, as a career, I think, I think is a good thing. And part of that is the skill set of being able to investigate and document uh, manufacturing deviations. And the uh, you know and the kappas that follow up from those from those deviations, that's not trivial. It can be very difficult and uh, to do that right, and uh, it takes a team effort, and it takes some some real commitment on on the part of a company to make sure that they have a group of people who who can do that and don't just rotate through that job, but but learn those skill sets and and apply them you know, to the benefit of themselves and the company. Jerry, thank you very much uh, for your time and uh, for uh, speaking with me about those interesting topics. Thank you for having me. I, I would enjoy speaking with you again. Thanks for listening to the Qualitalks podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about GMP, please visit us at www.qualistory.com. Stay compliant and see you at the next one.